later become North Wake Church. And North Wake was not the most strategic of church plants. It was kind of a thing that happened. Um, but I remember when I first came to North Wake 32 years ago, there was one value that this little group of people uh, clung to, and it was this. It was that the love of God was for all peoples. And they valued it so much. Um, I remember when I came to candidate as pastor 32 years ago, um, they had determined they were going to give away one-third of the income of the church to missions. And um, that, that seed uh, that they sowed uh, long ago uh, has taken root and grown and flourished um, so that now one of our core values at North Wake as a church family is that we believe as the scriptures declare that our God is love and that love is so wide and long and high and deep that it cannot be confined to any one tribe or tongue or nation on earth because our God truly does love the world. And so that's why last night this room was transformed into a kind of bazaar and there were items bid for auction and gifts given generously and we gave last night $50,344 to missions. And if, as the scripture teaches us, that God loves a cheerful giver, he was smiling last night. It was, it was a glorious, glad, hilarious time of giving last night. Um, but this value of God's love for all peoples has not just shaped our finances here at the church, but our lives. And just to give you a sense for how that has happened, if you have lived and served overseas, whether through North Wake or another church, if you've lived and served overseas for longer than just a short-term trip, would you mind standing so we can see who you are? If you've lived and served overseas at some point. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. You can be seen. So North Wake now currently has 35 families and singles living overseas, sharing the love and hope of Christ with people all the way from Vancouver to Tokyo. You saw where they're scattered all over the globe. Um, if you count kids, and kids count, there's 166 North Wakers living internationally, sharing the love of Jesus, even as we speak. Um, and if you'll notice around the room, there are boards along the wall that represent every one of those families. Um, I hope you'll graze them before they're taken down after the services on, on your way out of the room. There are 14 more singles and families in what we call the pipeline. They are training and preparing intentionally to go and live in internationally to share the love of Christ with people um, far from here and far from God. If you are one of those families that is, that, or singles that are in our pipeline, would you mind standing up just so we can see who you are? Don't be shy. Stand up. Awesome. Love you guys. So what that means is in just a couple of years, uh, there could be um, a congregation of 200 North Wakers living internationally around the world. Um, this is... This is a big part of who we are. Um, last week, we had a chance to 
celebrate another thing that's part of who we are. We love to plant churches here in our states in places where the gospel needs to be heard in a new voice. And we're excited to have Ben Nicer and his daughter Clearer here. Ben, you want to stand up wave so people know who you are? He is, he is planting, uh, has planted a church in Provo, Utah, quite literally almost on the BYU campus. Um, if you would like to talk to Ben about that beautiful ministry and how you can be involved in prayer or going out to serve alongside them, we have a church planning table in this corner, and after the service, Ben can make his way over there, and he'd love to talk with you and hear some of the amazing things God's doing uh, there in, in Provo. But this morning, it's our privilege to hear from three of our leaders who have been serving Christ internationally, um, Glenn and Christy have been serving in Italy, currently serving in Italy. And he'll start us off and share with us briefly from the scriptures and from their experience there. Marcus and Sarah Beth and their little ones have been in Sweden and are now moving to the islands of the Pacific. So from snow to jungle, as he likes to say. Um, and he'll be sharing with us. And then Tyler Pegues, he and Lauren and their family have just moved back from serving for more than a decade in Asia. And uh, Tyler has joined our staff and is leading us now in local and international outreach. So I'd like to take a moment and pray for these brothers before they come, but also to pray specifically for the Ansleys. This is their last Sunday with us before they go back to Italy. And so we want to bathe that transition for them as they go back to a new, new city, uh, Bologna, and a new uh, role in digital outreach, helping missionaries throughout Europe reach, use digital resources to reach people with the good news of Christ. So we want to pray for you guys especially. So let's bow and pray, church. Lord, first, we thank you that somebody went out of their way, a friend, a parent, a family member, a preacher, somebody went out of their way to tell us the good news of Christ, that there's hope. There's hope that we don't have to bear our sins anymore. There's hope that transcends even death. And somebody told us, and so we give you thanks for the chain of faithfulness that led to us being able to hear that beautiful, beautiful news. Um, so Lord, we thank you for loving us, for even loving us. And we thank you for the shape that that love took, the shape of a cross with your very son bearing our sins there. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. And we think now of the people of Italy who remarkably have lost access to the gospel in many ways, though surrounded by some of the richest, most beautiful historical buildings and art that represents your gospel they've lost it and so we rejoice that Glenn and Christy and Grace and Megan and Claire and Grant and Silas are there uh, to live and love and show Christ uh, to the people of the city of Bologna we pray your blessing on their partnership with the wonderful Italian church that they're a part of we pray your blessing on Glenn's new role as in uh, working in digital outreach as well as alongside the church there we Pray for each of these kids as they enter new schools, make new friends, face new challenges. God, be their strong tower. Be their safekeeping these days. And use 
every one of them greatly for your name's sake. Um, we commend them to you. And Lord, I do want to pray um, for Ben out in Provo as well as he labors amongst uh, people of a different faith, a different persuasion about who you are. Lord, only you can open up those hearts to the gospel. I pray you would do that in really beautiful ways, um, unexpected ways that show your glory, your love for the, the people of Provo. And Lord, this morning, use these three brothers um, to teach us, to show us your heart, how big, how all-inclusive it is for all peoples. And uh, stir even more a usefulness for Northwake Church and every one of us in your hands with our neighbors and those who are around the world from us. So Lord, we sit now to listen for your voice, your teaching through these men. We, we look forward to it in Christ's name. Amen. Glenn, you want to come start us off? Buongiorno. I told the uh, first service I got a new shirt and a new picture, and we're wearing them both out this morning. So. <laughs> Uh, Christy and I have loved being with you guys for the last three months, and we can't think of a better way to end our time here than celebrating intermissions with you. Uh, so just know that we really appreciate it, and we've been extremely blessed to be here for the last three months. And uh, we would do it again, and we will. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, uh, Christy and I have been uh, with North Wake for, since 2002, uh, but we spent the last four years, as Larry said, in northern Italy and just moved to the new city of Bologna. Uh, the Lord has taught us so many things over the, the last four years, things that we wouldn't have imagined learning uh, when we went there. Uh, he's taught us about his faithfulness in unique ways. He's taught us about our great dependence on him. He's even taught us how to depend on others and that it is, in fact, possible to learn a new language in your 40s. Uh, in addition to all of this, uh, he's shown us how little access Italy has to the gospel and how great his love is for all peoples. Now, we all know that God loves the nations. He loves all people. We know that God loves our neighbors and even our enemies. And we know that the ultimate end to all of this is that people from every tribe and every nation will one day worship the Lord before his throne. In fact, this is the image we find in Revelation 7, 9 through 10. It says, after this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. This scene, it can only happen because we serve a great God who loves all peoples. And I knew this before we left. You know this now. It's why we collectively gave so generously last night at the auction. But over the last four years, God has really shown our family what exactly it means to say that he loves all peoples. Uh, we could talk all day about the love of God for the nations, and the gospel is obviously a huge part of that. And Marcus will talk about that in a couple of minutes. But for my family and I, the Lord has really shown us how great the love he has for the nations is by opening our eyes to the movement of people. 
After spending four years in Italy, I can see that the love of God for all peoples in the way that he is sovereignly moving individuals and groups of people across the globe constantly. I firmly believe that this restlessness in, we, in the world that we see today, uh, whether it's the globalization of business or famine or war, refugees, or even the just gross amount of money that allows people to live in multiple places at once, all of this is a sovereign act of God that allows him to bring glory to his name and more fully love all peoples. When I see movement of peoples, I see God's love for those people. It makes me wonder how many of us in our story is tied up in movement. Um, this, uh, this is scriptural too, this movement of God and the love of peoples. In Acts 17, 26 and 27, it says, He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined a lot of periods that the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him. It's also in almost every story that you've read since you were a child. When you look through the Bible, you see it. You see people moving. Uh, Abraham was sent. Joseph and Moses were exiled. Israel was rescued. Ruth and Naomi were foreigners. Jonah traveled by sea, and Jesus humbled himself, left his throne for a lowly manger. The disciples were called away from their nets. Paul and Barnabas were sent. Priscilla and Aquila were transient, and James' letter was written to the dispersed church. God saves people through movement. The disciples, uh, sorry, all of this movement was sovereignly planned by God of creation to bring his love to more people. He has allotted the periods and the boundaries and the dwelling places that we might seek God. Where do you see movement around you today? What persons or people groups are orbiting around you and your family this week? Scripture and experience tell me that it is an opportunity and a tool of the Lord to use to, for us to show his love to the nations. So if you don't mind, I think the next couple minutes, um, I'm just going to introduce you to some of the people that have been orbiting our family for the last four years. When I say that God has been showing us his love for the nations, these are the faces and the stories that I think about. Uh, and this first group of people, I'd like to say, are, they're our Italian friends. Uh, Mario and Luigi, and that, are the, that is their real names. Uh, Mario and Luigi are the parents of Grant's friends that you see up there. He met them at school, and he plays basketball with them. Caterina, Marcella, Roberta, Rita, and Sergio are all friends that have heard the gospel multiple occasions. And this group, they're special because they really represent people that heard the gospel because the Lord moved our family. Uh, the others, though, uh, this is Ohomide in the next slide on the top right. He's a refugee from gang violence in Nigeria. In four years, Ohomide is the only person that has verbally expressed faith in the Lord through prayer after our conversations. Marat and Raida are in the large picture. They are a brother and a sister that came to Italy from Kyrgyzstan uh, to study. Christy and I have known them for three years, and they've been in our, our house multiple times. They've taught us some great recipes from their region. Um, we've been able to share the gospel with them and get them scripture in their heart language. Raida even completed a seven-week Bible study exploring Christianity with Christy uh, geared for non-believers. 
Marco is on the bottom right, and his family came to Italy from Serbia looking for a better life. He comes from an Orthodox background. He wears a cross and listens attentively to the gospel, but he really struggles to see God as more than a means to an end. One of the ways that the Lord loves Marco is by moving him and his family to Italy to hear the gospel. Uh, on the last slide here, Lawman, uh, he's in two of the pictures. Uh, he, uh, I know that God doesn't have favorites, but I think Lama might be my favorite. And it's not just because he speaks English. Um, but he came to Italy from Sierra Leone, and as you can see, he's a practicing Muslim. I've probably shared the gospel with Laman over 20 times in the past four years. But I was sharing with him again about nine, 12 months ago, and we were in the middle of the story of Babel in the children's storybook Bible. And he looked up at me and he said, Glenn, why haven't you ever told me about this before? And at first you just want to like grab him, but then you realize the Lord is opening eyes and he's giving uh, new ears to hear his gospel. Uh, when we got done with that meal, we went to pick up my son and we were just standing there waiting for Grant to come out. And he says, Glenn, do you have any friends in Sierra Leone that could go to my village and tell them about this? Because we need to hear this. Lam's not a believer yet, but we're praying for Laman, and we appreciate your prayers as well. Uh, the last young lady up here's name is Elijah. She's actually American. Elijah came to Bologna on an exchange program in her university, and she met Jesus at our little Italian church. This is a picture of her being baptized, and it's a testimony that God loves all nations, and lots of times that happens in movement, even with Americans. Uh, I introduce all these people to you for a reason. These people are personal testimonies to God's love for the nations. God is constantly moving the nations so that they might learn of his mercy. Here's an important thing to remember this morning. Christy and I didn't gain access to these people with a special missionary card. Uh, we met Maru and Luigi by intentionally showing up to carpool 15 minutes early to nurture that relationship. We met Katerina, Marcella, and Sergio by attending a group of Italians that want to learn English. I met Ohumide when I was leaving the grocery store and he was asking for food. And Marco, I passed him every week multiple times for more than a year before I stopped to introduce myself to him. It cost me a cappuccino and a croissant anytime I wanted to talk to Laman for the first two years. You don't have to live overseas to do these types of things. You can do them in Wake Forest. God's love for the nations puts us all in close proximity to them every day. But it's our love for God and our intentional obedience that puts the gospel in front of them. This is my encouragement for you this morning. Take a look around at the people that God is moving in and out of your family's orbit. You don't need a missionary card to share the gospel with them. God has brought them near. We must simply be obedient and share faithfully. Uh, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for your great love for the nations. Thank you for calling us out of the darkness and into your marvelous light. We look forward to one day when we can join along with people from every nation and tribe, crying out, salvation belongs to our God. Help us, Jesus, this week to be aware of the people you are putting in our paths. Grant us the faithfulness and the obedience we need to intentionally share the gospel this week. 
We love you and we praise you for your everlasting love. Amen. Good morning, North Wake. Hi, I'm Marcus. Uh, my family serves alongside North Wake in the great work of, of God reconciling the world to himself through Christ. Uh, we are incredibly grateful for you, and we want to take this moment just to say that uh, we are so thankful for how you've supported us over the years. You are our friends, you are our family, and we love you. Uh, Sarah Beth and I were just uh, looking at each other and said, this is our favorite place in the whole world. And uh, so we just, we're really thankful for you. Uh, a little update from our family. Soon, uh, we're gonna be moving to uh, Southeast Asia, where we will be supporting missionaries who serve in dangerous and hard to reach places. Uh, that's just a little FYI, as you see our uh, update pictures change from a snowy city to a sweaty jungle. So you can think of me every time you feel like gross sweat, because that's going to be me like 24 hours a day. So um, our most recent place of service was in Stockholm, Sweden, and that's what I want to share with you this morning. In Sweden, we were blessed to see a beautiful example of God moving and working in his world to redeem it. We are a sinful people living in a broken world because each of us has decided to in some way love self rather than God, to choose our way rather than God's good plan. So, we have a broken world, we are a sinful people, yet God loves us, just like Glenn was telling us about. So that brings us to 2 Corinthians 5.21. Those three things lead us there. And so let's look at this verse together. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. God came down. He became a man, the man Jesus. He lived the life that we should have lived. He manifest God to a broken and sinful world, and he told us how to know God. Then he became sin for us. Jesus allowed men who had no right or cause to judge him and kill him so that he, the perfect man, could take the punishment for the world's sin. He died with our sin upon him, and he was raised to life again. Now, through faith in his name, our world can be freed from the power of sin and death. There cannot be a more unfair trade in all of the world, or all of history. We give Jesus our broken, sinful, twisted, needy lives, and he takes us, he cleans us, he gives us his heart, his riches, himself, his hope, treasures beyond anything we'll know this side of eternity. This good news has been spreading throughout the world from the day that Jesus rose. God has been shaping history so that people would hear the good news. Glenn told us about uh, how the world will end, too. He told us the story. There will be a people from every tribe and nation and tongue standing before the throne, worshiping a God who has given us himself. 
uh, one such story of people telling of the hope and riches of Christ and people believing and basing their life in his name is happening right now in Stockholm. In many ways, the lowest class of people in Sweden are Mongolian immigrants. They are brought from Mongolia to Sweden with the promise of a good job and a better living situation than they have in Mongolia. They're often exploited, given temporary jobs that end abruptly. With these jobs end, they have no legal status and they're left in a foreign country with no real legal way forward. And they're forced to work at tragically low wages. The immigrants have a hard road of never-ending temporary jobs that perpetuate their economic and immigration troubles. But God is at work in powerful ways in this Mongolian community. He has brought men and women from their home country through economic pressures and relocated them so that they might hear the good news of Jesus Christ. They have heard the message of him who knew no sin became sin so that they might become the righteousness of God. In this year alone, around 10 Mongolians have come to faith in a small suburb of Stockholm. They have formed a small community, and I pray that this community becomes a church. You can see a, you can see a picture of them. Uh, please pray with me that they would form a church. These new brothers and sisters heard and believed the hope of the gospel through the faithful witness of two local believers, Stefan and Ingrid. Stefan and Ingrid live in a suburb in the north of Stockholm, and they have a desire to share the gospel with those who are far from God. So they open their home once a week. They offer to an immigrant community something that many immigrant communities want, the local language. They say, we'll teach you Swedish. The Swedish Bible will be our textbook. People come to learn Swedish. They hear the stories of the Bible in beginner level Swedish. They learn Swedish. And over time, through God's kindness, the Spirit works and His Word changes lives. I want to emphasize two things to you from this story. One, people who see the beauty of Christ are turning from their past to embrace and accept Christ. You can too. Two, local believers doing simple acts of service can change communities with the power of the gospel. You can too. The nation of Mongolia is not from a Christian background. The new believers in Stockholm, many of them are hearing the stories of the Bible for the first time. They're seeing clearly the hope of Christ and how it overcomes the brokenness of the world. You can too. Today, you can see the worthiness of Christ and the riches of Christ and believe that he is redeeming the world to himself. Every Christian can impact their community because the power to do it is not from us, but it's from God. Stefan and Ingrid offer their language. They don't speak Mongolian. They overcome the language and the cultural barriers through kindness and sharing something that these immigrants, they want. My point is that sharing the gospel is not complicated. They cut a watermelon, they brew a cup of coffee, they open their homes, they speak in their language the stories of the Bible, and 
the gospel message changes lives. You can participate in God's local and global work to reconcile the world to himself. These uh, new believers, they sent a video to us at North Wake this morning, and they greet you in Swedish and Mongolian, and so I'm gonna, we're going to watch it together. Please don't ask me to translate. <laughs> Let's pray together for the triangle, for RDU, and for the peoples that the Lord has brought into this area. Father God, we love you, and we thank you for the riches that you have given us in Christ. We pray, Father, that you would uh, show us clearly your love and that that love would change us, that it would shape us and that it would mold us more into your image. And Father, that you would, as we walk out of this place, empower us to be able to share that love with others. I pray, Father, for all the peoples that have been moved into this area, all of the, the, the people from all over the world and from all over North Carolina and the United States. Father, I pray that these people would hear your good news, that, that Christ came down and that he died for them. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would work and move in us, that we would be faithful to love and serve these people and that it would shape us more and more into your image and glorify your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Good morning, North Lake. It's really good to be here. I share with the first service today. Uh, I sat right over here. Uh, it was like my typical spot. Uh, because I grew up in a Baptist church overseas in Brazil, and we do that there too. And we sang the song, Jesus Saves, like we did today. And I remember just saying, I know you do. And for the last 13 years since we heard that song, we've been able to just see God saving people through the name of Jesus Christ. And it's been a beautiful thing. And for 11 years, your family to us, you cared for us, you've loved us, I guess you loved us enough to ask us to come back, and we're really thankful for that because we continue to feel that here at North Wake, and we're so grateful for it. But just continuing in our theme today, we've seen that God has a true love for all peoples, and the hope of God is for all peoples to come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. But in learning these two topics, what is the steps that we need to take ourselves so that all peoples can be reached? What do we need to do? You know, it's pretty easy on this day, to look at our far-flung families and go and say, well, I can see their steps. I can see exactly what they're doing. They're getting on a plane, and they're going to these places that are thousands of miles away, no church for hundreds of miles around them, and they're doing those steps. But I think that oftentimes we personally neglect to even see the small little steps that God is using every day in our midst to draw people to him. These are steps that demonstrate to us that the drawing of his children, it's only going to be done and can only be accomplished by God, and it's only done for his glory. And so I'd like to share with you a brief story filled with steps. These are steps that weren't taken just by me. 
These were steps that were taken worldwide by a lot of different people through a variety of different means, steps by women, by men, and even by kids. And so I want to share with this that this is a beautiful story. And many times we can get so strategic in how we want to engage certain peoples in certain things. And I wish that I could say, I planned all this out. But I sure didn't plan out what happens in this story that I want to share with you today. And so I want to share with you a story about Neil and Gloy. So Neil, my connection to him, it goes back to someone I never had the privilege of meeting in my own life. It was to my grandmother, Doris Marie Pack Anderson. She died over 40 years ago from breast cancer, and I never got to meet her. But Doris had a dear church friend, and they were both involved in the Women's Missionary Union in Texas. And that, ch- and that sweet church, my grandmother was a special friend of Neil's grandmother, Joanne Neal. And I would imagine that these two ladies, they got together and talked about the things they loved, their families, about Jesus, and they also wanted their kids to be followers of Jesus Christ and even their grandkids. And the reason that I think I know this is because in June of 2021, at the age of 90, Miss Joanne wrote my mom. She knew my mom through GAs, or Girls Auxiliary, which was like a discipleship program in the Southern Baptist world. And she wrote and she said, hey, you still work with the IMB? And she asked my mom, do you know of anybody that is able to tell me where I can recommend for my grandson to go to church? He lives in Bangkok, Thailand. And unbeknown to Joanne, my family was going to Bangkok, Thailand after nine years of of being in one location. And because we weren't able to return to that one location due to security, that's where we felt like God was telling us to take the next steps in our life. And so you know what my mom did at that point? She volunteered me to be the person to go and tell Neil about church and Jesus. And... Upon this request, I wish I could say that I immediately sent Neil a request to say, hey, come on to church, but I didn't. It actually took my mom, as all moms that are good do, relentless reminders. Have you done this? Have you checked in on Neil? How's Neil doing? And every time I just felt like I was bringing shame upon my family, because that's what good moms say. And so I sat there and I said, no, mom, I've not done it. It actually took me six months to actually write him. It took me six months because my mom had to physically go to Bangkok on a visit to remind me, have you written that boy, Neil? But I did it. And I invited him to church on Facebook Messenger. Really strange method to communicate with people for me personally, I thought. And Neil, you know what he did? He did not respond. I was right. Sorry, Mom, you're wrong. And a week went by, a couple weeks went by, still hadn't heard anything, and I was just really feeling confident. My mom was still visiting, finishing up her Christmas trip to see us, and all of a sudden, Neil writes me right at the end of 2021, and he says, hey, man, thanks for sending this message. I'm going to go to church. And I was like, oh, no, my mom's right. (laughs) But then Neil never showed up. It was that entire year, 2022, I didn't hear from him didn't even remember him, to be honest, most of the days that I was in Bangkok because we were doing other things, engaging in other ministry and things. But the beautiful thing is that on April 2nd, 2023, Lauren and I weren't even in the country of Thailand. Neil writes me a Facebook message and says, hey man, I went to church with my fiance, Gloy. She's Thai. She's a Buddhist. 
And I'm just like, what? Like, what are you doing? I'm like, great, this is awesome. And of course, I'm like, God, why am I not there? You know, like, why am I not involved with this? But it was April 2nd, and so April 9th of this year, if you remember, was actually Easter. And in the background, as Lauren and I had returned from Australia during that week, we'd been getting um, forceful pressure from a teammate of ours to say, hey, why don't you open up your home this week and do a Good Friday party? We'll have about 10 people over. Lauren can cook for us. And we're just like, we just got back from Australia. This is really far. Like, we're really hot. It's, it's Bangkok. We don't want to do that right now. And then he's like, don't worry. There's going to be people from four different countries, Thailand, China, USA, and um, Amer- where else is this country from? Sorry, China, Thailand, USA, and Russia. And these four countries are going to come together. There wasn't one single language that everybody could communicate in that room that night. So I mean, this is really good, effective gospel proclamation, I feel. And then he shared with me the method and the means of how we were going to share the gospel to them that night. He said, we're going to watch the Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ, all 120 minutes of it with bald Satan and all. (laughs) And so I sat there and I was like, I don't know what to do about this. But you know what? We just listened because that guy's really forceful. And we said, we love you. We're going to try it out. You know, we'd seen a lot of great fruit in his life. So we actually had the party, and Neil and Gloy came that night. And they stayed for all of the dinner. It was already going into two hours. I'm so people are going to start leaving. Like, there's no way they're going to stay for another two hours to watch this movie. And I'm, like, warning them and almost trying to sell them, like, don't stay. It's really long. You're probably going to get scared of how much blood you're going to see. But that's my personality. Instead, all ten of us stayed the whole night. Watched some gory things. True things, probably, in a lot of ways. We watched the movie and we discussed it at the end. Everyone stayed. And the person who had the best comment that night was Gloy. Neil was, of course, touched, but Gloy goes and she says, you know what, this reminds me of something amazing that I did as a kid every day in my Thai Christian school. I recited a verse. It was in Thai. I don't really remember how to say it in English, but I think it was like, John? And then she's like, uses her fingers like three, 16. And she's like, you know what? I think I can recite it. It had been decades since this woman had remembered that verse. And then in beautiful tie, she just says, John three sixteen. It was at that moment that honestly chills came upon me. And without any other thoughts, I looked at Gloria and she had this excitement on her because it was like she recited something. She's like, I'm so proud of myself that I did this, not realizing that these are the actual words that will give you life. And it was at that moment, a deep reminder for me of Isaiah 55, verses 10 through 11. It says, For the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for that which I sent it. I think we've seen the photo already of Neil and Gloy, but that picture that we have there, uh, that's our living room. We're standing on the couch because that's how we fit in our living room pretty much. But it was a wonderful night. Gloy didn't believe in Jesus Christ that night. But it was that night that was critical to where I started to meet with Neil and we started to just study the Bible. Basic things. Not any sort of deep teaching, just talking about Jesus and how much he loves you. 
Neil actually has a really hard story, one that has been filled with addiction because since the age of 14, he was introduced to alcohol and then he was addicted to some of the worst drugs that people can consume. His bondage to addiction was so great that it led him to go to the hospital ICU with multiple organ failure. He was absolutely ashamed of how he could not break the bonds of the addiction in his life. But on January 3rd, 2023, he committed his life to Jesus, and that's what led them to go to church. Being engaged to Gloy, he wanted nothing more than for his fiance, who had loyally been by his side while he walked through the great pains of addiction, to come to Jesus too. And God's wonderful plan, Neil personally led Gloy to take a step of obedience to follow Christ on July 2nd of this year. This story is beautiful and has so much more that I would love to share with you. But I just want to conclude their story with this. Neil is now leading a small group worship center for refugee kids that are in Myanmar sharing about Jesus. And Gloy is now considering how she can use her wonderful God-given abilities that she's worked on in English to use English and Thai in the church that she's involved with there in Bangkok for now. They plan on getting married this December. Northwake, I shared this story with you because it was predominantly done in English. I love speaking foreign languages. Um, I really do. But I wanted to share something to where God didn't use any efforts that were extraordinary in doing this. He used some amazing things that are just pretty normal, though. Like a mom. Hey, did you reach out to him? Did you reach out to him? He used the cries of a grandmother that loves her grandson that is walking away from Jesus. He used a wife that opened up her home. You know, what will we do? What steps will we take to reach the lost? I'm not sure what steps the Holy Spirit is calling you individually to take today, Northway. But I do know that God is working in us and all of us because he loves all peoples and he wants to reach all peoples. I know that his word will not come back void. It will succeed in the thing for which it has been sent. Let us pray. Father God, we know your heart is for all peoples. And we ask that you just forgive us for the times that we forget that you are working. You are engaging. And let us remember that your word shall not return empty. Give us wisdom to take the necessary steps of obedience this week and the weeks ahead for the sake of your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In previous years, when we closed out our time of intermissions, we have ended it. I remember back in 2008 and 9 doing this, we would walk down and bring our offerings together and lay them on the table. And we would do that together. But we're not going to be doing it exactly the same time this year, but we still want to have an opportunity to give to the Lottie Moon offering. For those unfamiliar with the Lottie Moon offering, it's been in existence for over 100 years. I mean, I can say right now, God used Lottie Moon funds to bring glory and Neil to Christ. But all 100% of these funds given to this offering today will support the missionaries that we have at North Wake through the IMB, which is around 20-plus families that are getting these funds. And we've actually calculated how much it costs the IMB to support these people fully. It's roughly $1.5 million per year that they receive in support. It might be more than that. We're trying to go low. But we have this beautiful opportunity 
to take a moment or two to give generously. As we've already had people doing this at North Wake yesterday at the auction, we want to continue to let you be aware of other opportunities and how to give if you haven't had the chance to do so or if God's leaving you to do more of that. We have three ways to do that. If you're a member, you can actually log in online through Realm, and you can log in and just select the Lottie Moon Fund, and the funds will go immediately to that offering. If you forget your login, don't have the app or on your phone, it's not a problem, you can text the words North Wake Lottie to 73256, and you'll get a link that will take you to the page in which you can give and follow the prompts for that. And if you have brought a check or cash, you should have received an envelope. You can put that money in there, and you can put it in the back of the exit when you leave later on today. And if you participated last night in the auction, though, I really do want to remind you, and those of you who maybe you're not able to give right now at this moment, that you can just take this time and pray. Ask God to make his name great among the nations. Just Ask him to allow us to be a generous people who not only give of our money, but that we give of our time, that we give our very presence to the message of the gospel. And so Daniel and the worship team are going to lead us right now. And then he'll invite us to spend a couple of minutes, I want to invite us to spend a couple of minutes in prayer, and we'll stand and sing. But let's take this minute and just pray to him to, and give to him so that the sa- for, its, for the sake of the unreached peoples of the earth, hearing the greatest message man's ever received. Take your phones out now and checkbooks, and let's give together.